Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hey, welcome to Baseball Mainly. We are uh, excited that the governor is finally starting to lift some restrictions. We can actually go someplace now. Uh, I am uh, not complaining that we've been at the high school taking batting practice, but my arm is ready to fall off. So uh, maybe we'll actually be able to go out to dinner instead of take BP tonight. Sound like a winner? Well, I have to work tonight, so... Oh. We're going to have to work BP around that. You're working? Yeah. I love it. Somebody in the family's working. That's Joey Monticello. That's my uh, my one and only son, who of whom I'm very proud and happy to have here, a baseball aficionado. And we have a very special guest today uh, from uh, uh, the Michigan Red Sox, among other things, Mark Sackett. Really happy to have you, Mark. Glad to be here, Jess. Jess, thanks for having me. Mark, uh, Mark is uh, involved with a number of things that we'll tell you about in a minute. But first, let's, uh, let's get to our sponsor. Sponsored today by Century Mortgage Lending. And, uh, you know, I, I can't, I keep saying it, but rates are incredibly low. I think it's a great time to buy a house. If you find a house that's on the market, uh, it's probably been on the market a while this, because of the, the virus. So, might be a good time to be able to make an offer. And in order to make an offer, you ought to get pre-approved. Give Century Mortgage Lending a call. They're at 248-258-4977. Not a bad time to refinance, consolidate some debt, uh, and uh, lower, your, lower your rate. Uh, make it tax deductible. Century Mortgage Lending, 248-258-4977. Call, uh, talk to Elizabeth or Paul. Tell them you heard about them on uh, Baseball Mainly. They're NMLS number, 134525. You can see them on the web at centuryml.com. Give them a call, 248-258-4977. And I want to shout out, uh, when I say that, at 77. I want to give a shout out to our friend Buzz, who has uh, been in and out of the hospital with pneumonia. I hope it's not COVID, but uh, at any rate, we wish him well and hope he's uh, healthy and back with us soon. That's Buzz Van Houten, the voice of uh, many commercials you hear on the radio these days. Uh, Well, uh, this day in baseball history, uh, and I hope they've got Armando geared up over there in the the, uh, back room. Ten years ago today, Armando Galarraga threw a perfect game and didn't even get a no-hitter out of it. Do we have that, uh, David and Angel? Do we have that video? Well, it was the big buzz in the newsroom tonight. It was a big buzz in the sports world. A Tigers pitcher loses his bid for a perfect game playing against the Indians. What a night. Unbelievable. Never before have I ever seen anything like that in any sport. And tonight we'll be talking about it. We'll be talking about it for a long time to come. While umpire Jim Joyce made a call tonight that he will see in his nightmares for the rest of his life, the Indians miss history by an umpire's call in the top of the ninth. Here's the situation. Two outs. Armando Galarraga on the hill looking to be the first Tigers pitcher in history, Tigers history, to throw a perfect game. Jason Donald, the hit to the first base side at regular speed, 
It was close. It looked close at regular speed, but in slow motion, there is no doubt about it. Donald is out. And it would have been the third perfect game of the season. Joyce called him safe and ended a chance at history. The Indians lose 3 to nothing. Both managers said after the game, you know what? It's just part of the game. Unfortunately, it happened to be the 27th out. It's the human element, and that's what makes baseball baseball. Jim Joyce was removed from the umpiring crew for the season or for the series finale. That's tomorrow afternoon. Joyce went into the Tigers locker room and apologized to Galarraga and Tigers manager Jim Leland after saying that he missed the call. He felt bad. He felt like he took a perfect game away. I saw my first 28 out perfect game tonight. There you go. Harvey <laughs> Addicts is looking at this game somewhere from heaven, saying, "Oh my!" Blast from the past. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, uh, and I've, I've said this before, but what do you think, Mark? I mean, uh, it was it would have been the last out of the game. I don't think that the Indians batter would have complained. Joyce, I think, could have appealed to the commissioner and said, look, I missed the call. It was a perfect game. It wouldn't set any kind of precedent. In fact, it, they would have gotten it right today with video replay. Mm-hmm. Yep, they sure would. He should be credited with a perfect game. Without a doubt. I agree. And it's 10 years later. And baseball is quibbling over uh, crazy stuff. You know, whether we're going to have a DH, whether we're going to have a, 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 an automatic umpire. Come on, this this is part of the history of the game. What do you think? Should he have a perfect game, Joe? Yeah, I do think he should have had a perfect game. And I got a hot take. Cabrera should have let the second baseman get that ball. He should have done his job, go to first base. But I think that was one of the first years he was playing first base. And he wasn't quite sure how to play it yet. And so he'd been playing third, and so he treated that more like a third baseman than a first baseman. You know, I talked uh, to uh, my now-gone friend, Dave Bergman, about playing first base. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, what, what do you do over there? You know, I try to play first base. I'm left-handed. They won't let me play anywhere else. <laughs> so what do you do over there? He said, well, one of the things you always do is you look to your second baseman and find out where he's positioned. And usually a good second baseman will talk to you and say, hey, I'm over here. I'm here. I got this. I got that. I said, who was the best second baseman you ever played with? Who do you think he said? Who would you think Dave Bergman would have said? Probably Lou Whitaker, right? You'd think that. Mm-hmm. He said the best second baseman he ever played with was a guy he played with in San Francisco, Dwayne Kuyper. You know what I know about Dwayne Kuyper? The name? The name, and he hit one home run. Really? One home run wow. in his career. Nothing taken, I'm not taking away anything from Lou. He just said Lou is very quiet. Right. Didn't talk to him. We talked to Tom Brookins last week who said Lou Whitaker had the best arm on their infield. Hmm. Better than Trammell, better than Brookins, better than anybody else who played third base during his time. Amazing. Well, uh, Mark, we want to talk to you a little bit about youth baseball. Okay. And uh, tell us what you're doing these days. I I know you're president of the Michigan Red Sox. Tell us what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe had a very um, bad experience playing with guys when he was seven or eight years old that were uh, playing on this uh, tournament team. And because they would have been on the travel team he would have probably gone to, he said, to heck with it. I'm not going to play travel. I'll play rec ball. And that's what he did. And Joe's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- 
Tell us at what age guys start playing travel ball. Tell us about your organization. And, and you know, just give us a start there. Because okay. I have some other questions about it. Gotcha. I'll jump in as you as you as you may. Uh, you know, we started off. Uh, we had a bunch of kids. We had a bunch of kids from Birmingham, so we wanted to put a B on our hat. So we Birmingham B Boston Red Sox. It worked out good. For about five years, we were the Birmingham Red Sox. Jumped over to Michigan Red Sox. But our focus when we first started out was getting our kids good enough to play at the high school level. That was all we tried to do. Um, tried to give them all the fundamentals. I had a, I had a guy that was my assistant coach. His last name was K-Line, and his son was on the team. Then there was, uh, so we were always getting approvals that <laughs> what we were teaching, um, you know, what we were instructing the kids, um, you know, with, with what we were doing. And uh, they, it, it was a nice, it was a nice, um, it was a nice uh, compliment or support of what we were trying to accomplish. Um, so that's kind of been our focus. That was our focus when we initially started. And even today, I mean, I spend more of my time right now working with the youth, working with the little kids. I'm an elementary school teacher, so I deal with 10, 11-year-olds every day when we're in school. At what age do you start? Um, we start, and our, our organization starts at 9, 10, in that, and, and not, usually at 10 and under, 9 under, 10 and under. Some organizations start earlier. I can tell you that I was instructing a baseball school down in Atlanta, Georgia, and the director of that organization, I asked him, hey, what age level do you coach? And he said, the two and three-year-olds. And I said, are you kidding me? So, you know, some of those guys start a little earlier, um, you know, but we're fo- when we focus on our 9 and 10s, we're not going to travel all over the country. Uh, even our 11s and 12s, they don't need to go do a lot of traveling. Um, they need to stay around. They need to become successful. They need to understand the game. And as you bring up about Galarraga and what happened there, you know, we spend a lot of time in instructing. And our, our, what we instruct our first baseman is play the ball balls hit go get it because someone will be at first base and if that pitcher's not there then we learn a lesson that you know hey the pitcher's got to learn to cover is it the easiest play definitely not i mean but that's that's is a difficult play but from an instructional standpoint again we're trying to do the right things for the guys and for the kids and um and and, and everything we do it's just all about your technique especially at the 9 10 11 even a 12 year old as we get older we start you know picking out smaller things and getting them better but um yeah, so from the age standpoint, right now we're starting at the nine and tens. So that's cool. Don't you, um, so I've had the opportunity to uh, talk with Eric Backett, who's the coach at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some camps there when I was fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. and he had said that um, he didn't like seeing guys play travel ball until they were pretty much going into high school, mm-hmm. and that it was just way too much for everyone on the arms and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Cause I've worked with. Um, the uh, Bloomfield Sting. Sure. Um, I worked with their 11U team back mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Um, so they're a th- 13U team now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the coach was, you know, really talking up the guys. He was saying, like, you know, we're one of the top-ranked teams in the country. We're, you know, we're going down to uh, Cal Ripken to play. And I was like, first of all, why do you want to go to South Carolina in July <laughs> and play on turf fields? Right. You're going to boil. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you you just played thirty games in the winter season. Don't we need to take a break here? Right. 
You know, we had um, we've we've our second part of our organization is called College Connect, and we did it to help help promote uh, high school kids into the to the next level. I've, you know, and, and so I knew I know most of the college coaches in the state of Michigan when they're unless they change jobs or whatever. We know a lot in Ohio, all over the country. You know, and I've never had one of them come up to me and say, "Hey, where did you play your 11-year-old baseball at?" You know, <laughs> where did you play 13. You know, they don't care. I mean, maybe maybe you know. They don't. They want to, you know, they, what, again, we're trying to get them set up so that they're, they're technically sound. So when they become into that high school area, then they can do whatever they need to do and, and, and be successful there. But I agree. I don't think we need, I mean, we will, our 12 year old team will travel to Cooperstown because that's a big trip as a 12 year old. Um, our 11, you know, our nine, tens, 11, uh, 11 year olds, we're staying right around Michigan right now. We got to go to Ohio to play because of the, the situation. But uh, for the most part, we're staying right here. And if we start beating everybody in all the tournaments we participate in and we're just be beating out everybody, then maybe we need to go and find some better competition. But that's never happened in the 20, 20 years we've been doing our organization. So. Well, you mentioned Cooperstown. Uh, that's quite a complex they have there, but you know it's been shut down. Yeah. And I don't think that town has a lot of revenue coming in besides baseball. Right. And, you know, they've canceled the uh, Hall of Fame induction there this year. Uh, hmm. Baseball games, you know, that field at Doubleday is used, I want to say something like 350 games are played there a year. Wow. Now, they're obviously not played in the winter, so they're played morning, noon, and night there mm -hmm. during the during the year mm -hmm. uh, time of year it can be played. So I imagine that town's hurting. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know if you're going to be able to play there this year? So there are now, I think, three... Uh, tournaments in Cooperstown for 12 year olds. There's the Dreams Park, which was the first one. Um, there's Cooperstown All Star Village, which is another one. And then there's, I think, Cooperstown Baseball World. So there are three organizations that run tournaments out of there for kids that come in for a week. Dreams Park is shut down for the summer. And, you know, I, I looked at the numbers and everything, and I think that's about $145 million in revenue that they're not they're accepting this year. Um, the, our 12-year-old team happens to be going to the All-Star Village complex. And right now it's still on, but they're going to notify us four weeks out if we can go there or not. So it's one thing for them to say, yes, we're going to open it up. But it's another thing for our families to say, I want to go to New York. And not really many people want to go to New York at this time situation. Well, if you're going anywhere, you know, Cooperstown's kind of in the place. middle of nowhere. Right. So, <laughs> I, you know... If it was in New York City, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going. Of course, right. I wouldn't want to go to New York City even if everything was fine. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so if you're going anywhere, I think Cooperstown's probably an okay place, except I've heard uh, some stories about the housing uh, that's provided or mm -hmm. that other teams have stayed in, and that uh, sounds more like a sweat lodge than a <laughs> yep, it sure uh, is. room. Does yep, it we... not have air conditioning? I don't know. I just heard uh, from the Sting guys that it you know it just wasn't you know the kids loved it because it's cooperstown but mm -hmm. the parents were like it's not ideal right dreams park uh, you, all the kids stay in a barracks there's no air conditioning it's hot it's you know the showers are uh, open showers it's kind of the showers we grew up in gym class um probably mm -hmm. not the, the kids nowadays but um you know kids wear their swimsuits when they're in the shower but it is it's it's um it it it, it, it is a fun time but it definitely for the, as, as an adult staying in those barracks it's it's a little, a little um, tough. A little like the Army, huh? Where, yeah, exactly. It's not where I would want to spend my summer. Hey, uh, you're president of the Michigan Red Sox. You mentioned College Connect. What is that? So College Connect is just one of our divisions of, of the organization that's really 
focuses on helping kids who are looking to pursue their baseball career in college help connect them with the right college, athletically, academically. And do you what do you take video of them? Do you write letters of recommendation? Mm-hmm. What what do you do to help them? Well, the the big thing is is a lot of athletic testing and a lot of video. So we test them at where they are at the beginning of the season and look at their numbers. We try to work to develop them, what they can do to help them get to certain numbers. And uh, you know, even though we'll we'll collect their throwing velocity, but more importantly, we'll do a couple other different tests to see their their uh, their how their biomechanics are set up, so that how can we improve them by not just chucking the ball as hard as you can yeah so we look at bat speed we and we do then what we do is we do the video stuff and we'll do it before we'll do it after and when we feel we as in myself as well as several of our other our our, our one guru of our organization is nick swanson he's a young guy um and nick um you know will help connect say okay this kid's ready to be let's shoot his information over to this school where we think he can play if he's interested in going there. And then we counsel the parents on different things, the academics, um, what they're looking for and, and what they need to do to, to be seen by those those colleges. They have to get registered with the NCAA, sure. right? Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot goes into that. Oh, there's a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Joe was, uh, went to a D2 school last year mm-hmm. and uh, talked to the coach about playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, t- tell he us a little bit about talked it. talked to me right out of playing. Um, one of the first things he told me was, well, we were, I want to say it was 12 and 36 last year and, uh, one in 14 and conference play or whatever the college equivalent of that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, you're coming in at a, well, either a good time or a bad time, depending on how you want to look at it. I didn't really have control of my team last year. I just fired all of my, uh, graduate assistants, getting all new guys. Um, and so, um. I'm gonna make my do make my guys do Navy SEAL Hell Week this year. So you know, if you get stuck out in like Michigan, you're gonna be able to swim half a mile in. I said, no, thank you. Yeah. I want to play baseball. If I wanted to do cross country or join the military, I would have done those things. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Guy, my sounds like he was a little, a little crazy. There's nothing wrong with conditioning, you right? Know, but you know, <laughs> it just sounded nuts, especially for a guy with a program that was not successful. Right. Well, that's that's interesting. Both my kids went to went to college. They played college baseball. One went to Adrian College. The other one went to Alma College. They were very very fortunate to find a good fit where they were at. One coach was intense. One coach was laid back. So and, it, and both of it fit the both the kids' personalities. So that's what College Connect tries to do is not only set you in, make you have a good fit with your you from an academic and athletic standpoint, but will you be able to relate to that coach? And then you've got this Royal Oak Leprechauns shirt on. Tell me about sure. that. So this is a new division that we started. Um, we've had this for since t- 2015. Um, the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League is a pretty, uh, pr- pretty prestigious summer collegiate baseball league. You've heard of Cape Cod out mm-hmm. in uh, sure. out in Boston. There, um, uh, we are a nonprofit league, just like Cape Cod's a nonprofit league. Every year, Major League Baseball gives Cape Cod ninety thousand dollars to help them operate. Every year, they give us the Great Lakes League forty five thousand dollars. They don't give it to me; they give it to the league to help the league function. 
Um, so we get a pretty good chunk. There's some other nonprofit leagues that get, you know, five, six thousand dollars, not much. So we're pretty prestigious from that standpoint, get a lot of Major League Baseball support. Um, kids on our team come from all over the country. We've had them from California, from Texas, from, uh, you know, the Carolinas. Uh, and they come in, we house them. Uh, for the first three years of our organization, we were um, housed out of Adrian, Michigan. Great baseball fields down there. Um, it, it's a, it was just perfect for the kids, but the fan base was sure. nothing. So we started looking. We took a year off. We started looking for a new facility, a new location. We were the commissioner of our league suggested it. We went went to um, and we found Royal Oak. And Royal Oak was the uh, director of Parks and Rec was awesome. A guy named John Fidelli. Um, he supported us. He said, "Here's what you need to do." Um, we followed the process. We made the pre presentation to the commis commissioners, and then last August of uh, 2019, we signed a 10-year agreement with the city of Royal Oak to renovate Memorial Park and to get that up. To standards for collegiate standards and uh, it'll be great for our for the team but more importantly it'll be great for gosh all the all the high schools in the community they'll be able to start using that field in early March it'll be great for the men's senior baseball league uh, that will uh, be able to use that up until you know early October um, you know a lot of showcase a lot of things can happen at that field but more importantly our kids will all come to play in Royal Oak uh, these are all college division one baseball players and then they'll be able to run camps because they have to run camps because they have to interact with the community and then when they run those camps and it and just be a great thing for the for the community of royal oak and and the surrounding communities so we'll have a lot of kids come in and and then each game is operated like a minor league baseball setup so there's a lot of um, a lot of goofy things that happen in between innings and it's good baseball it's wood bat it's nine innings um, you know it's uh, it's the real deal so there's you know, I I just love baseball with wood bat, mm -hmm. and it was controversial in our league when mm -hmm. when we went to all wood. Mm -hmm. I know, especially some of the younger guys who like to pound them out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they they were oh, I might have to buy four or five bats. <laughs> well, you know, if you don't hit it off the handle, you're probably going to be okay, right? right, right. Um, but I love the sound. Well, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm throwing him batting practice, mm -hmm. I just love the sound. When when you connect right, it's mm -hmm. a different sound. Sure. And it's it's you know I'm a traditionalist with baseball. I'm with you. And uh, I just I love the sound of the bat. And I think baseball should be played with a wood bat. Mm -hmm. And you know you want to cork your bat? I don't care because it doesn't help. <laughs> uh, and it certainly wouldn't help me. Uh, so uh, how is this getting funded to uh, fix the to turf the field in Royal Oak? That field's been there as long as I can remember. I lived in Royal Oak. Starting in 1977, mm -hmm. and uh, lived there for you know probably 10, 10 12 years. Yeah, uh, love Royal Oak, great, great. town. Mm -hmm. So how and and that field it was old then. Yeah. So how are you paying to get this field, or is the city paying for it? Right. No. That's well. You know, I'm a school teacher. I got plenty of money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm married to one of those. Right. You know what we've um, because we're a nonprofit organization, we really think that we could do a lot of sponsorship and, and lot of, uh, do a lot of fundraising to help support the process. Um, so far, our organization, the Michigan Red Sox, has put in about thirty-five thousand dollars, and we've done uh, new dugouts, we've got dugout roofs, we've got new fencing, we've got backstop padding, um, we've got a, a lot of great things. Our last thing that we're trying to do is get funding for the turf. Um, 
we're looking at the the excavations about 145,000 the the uh, turf itself is about 180 190,000. dollars So need a half at, million bucks, right? Well, we need about 300. Yeah, we need actually we need about 325,000. dollars um, you can put sponsorship on the turf and that's what we are looking for. We're looking for, for company names to be put on that turf, put all around that ballpark. And I mean, if you put your name on the turf, you're there for 10 years. So, you know, if I put a name on if I put, uh, you know, Jess Monticello b- baseball mainly and it costs you $60,000. Really, it's only $6,000 a year, I should say, only. Um, but, I mean, it's a donation. It is a sponsorship. Um, there's, a, it, I think there's a lot of good things, and it shows your – and it, it'll show your involvement – not your, but I'm just in, using you as an example, obviously – but your involvement with the community. And, uh, and again, this, this field is going to be filled every single night. Will, Willie Horton Field's filled every night down in Detroit. I've paid, played there a few times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And this will be just like it. I know it'll be booked every night. We've already got Lawrence Tech University is interested in moving their baseball program to our field. Oakland Community College in 1983, they ended their baseball program. They want to bring it back. Um, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a money thing for them, but they want to bring it back and they want to use Memorial Park. So we've got a lot of great great things going on there well it's good to hear that some colleges want to want to stay mm-hmm. in baseball after sure. what Poland green did right. but it does sound like they're raising enough money to keep the program going yeah we keep hey, our fingers crossed perfect. there that's for sure hey uh so if somebody wanted to contribute mm-hmm. how could they do that well they can co- then contact me if they like um you know we ha- I'm, I'm all listed all over our website we're pretty simple we're leprechaunball.com leprechaunball.com l-l-e-p-r-e-c-h-a-u-n Look it up on your, you know, hopefully you get some in, uh, might uh, get some of that special spelling, so pay attention. Yeah, leprechaun, a lot of people have a, a little challenge. It's leprechaun, not leprechauns. Leprechaun. Right, leprechaunball.com. Uh, we've got a couple people involved with the organization to help put together some things. Uh, we can, we're doing some fundraisers, but uh, the, the virus came in and kind of shut us down. Yeah. But really, we just want to meet with people and show them what great things we got going on. So it's leprechaunball.com. We're going to take a little break here. Okay. End this episode. We'll pick it up in the next episode in just a few minutes. Thanks for being with us today, Mark. For Mark, Joey, and Jess, this is Baseball Mainly. Let's play two.